Praise God. Well, um, this morning we're, we're going to be blessed. Uh, Rachel's going to be up here and share with you here in just a minute, but I want to kind of set what's going on here so everybody understands. You know, <clears throat> this, is, this is the 30th year that, that Laura and I have pastored Living Waters Church, and, you know, God put us here, and, and I never would have thought that I would have made it 30 years, and I never would have thought I'd have got old. I never thought I would have had any of these issues. I thought I'd, by now I'd be in heaven. We'd had this whole thing wrapped up. You know, it'd all be over with, be eating at the Lamb and Supper of the Lord. I mean, I didn't think five or six years, and boy, you know, I could get it wrapped up. And so, anyway, in the, in the process of everything that took place, I, I have, you know, you can't get away from the calling of God. When God calls you to do something, you just have to go do it because you can never get away from it. And so when this church began in 1986, um, I was the guy that was going around the world preaching. Uh, I, I wanted to be the flaming evangelist. I wanted to go in, you know, go into the church, you know, blow in, blow up, and blow out. You know, that was what I, my, I was all visioning for. I never intended to, to pastor at all. And, you know, God was so gracious, and he sent me around the world. And I was thinking about it this morning. I said, man, it's really amazing of, of the seven continents of the world, which I don't know how we can really count Antarctica. It is a continent, but ain't nobody there. Uh, you know, I've got to preach on four of the continents in the world, and God's used us to start works and, and, and build churches and Bible schools and all kinds of things, you know, all over the world. And so when, I, when God called me to be a pastor, I said, look, I, I will pastor the church, but I'm not giving up the world. It's in my heart. i got to go to the world. You call me to do this. And so the, the unusualness of being a, you know, a missionary pastor or an, having an apostolic work as a pastor is just kind of strange, you know, and, and not a lot of people do it, but I just love to go to the world. And, and I always prayed for divine appointments, divine connections. There's a lot of good works going on in the world. There's a lot of things that people are doing that are great, but I wanted to be connected with who God wanted me to be connected with. And so over the years, you know, um, you know, Brother Ivan, we got connected with him. God worked that. And Actually, Brother Ivan's one of his, the first missions we worked with, he helped me get through with building the church in Sakapo and doing the things like that. But anyway, and then, um, but Sister Annie in Alamo, you know, I, I only, I didn't know her. I didn't, I, that was not, you know, I just, it was one of these things that a divine appointment, a divine connection brought us together. And uh, <clears throat> she's one of the greatest in my opinion, one of the greatest ministers on the face of the earth today, one of the little unknown, unsung heroes that when they get to heaven are going to be, everybody's going to say, who is this lady? And, and I, I believe it with all of my heart. And, and she has an amazing testimony. And she's for years come here to the church. But now she's gotten older and she can't travel as well. And uh, so I was talking to her this when I was down there here a few weeks ago. And I said, look, we got to do something because... The connection, I have the connection, although I'm getting older and I'm just looking at all the guys. All the guys are about my age, you know, and so we all started this work and now I looked at them and said, man, we're old. We're looking old. I mean, everybody's great and old. And I said, this is kind of bad. We got to do something, you know, to bring up the young generation and make the connection because we're old and this is going to carry on. We're not going to make it, you know. And so uh, I told Sister Annie, I said, you got to do something. You got to we got to send, send Rachel, send her up there so everybody can meet her, see what's going on. Now, the work at Bethany is they have a church in Alamo, and she's going to tell you all this stuff, but I just want to tell you first. But for 30 years, 30 years, folks, 30 years, this church has been sowing into Mexico through Hermanos de Pacto, which is the, the Mexican uh, association that's taking place in Mexico. We've held pastors' conferences. We've built churches. We've put roofs on. We've, we've helped them with all their, uh, the, the, you know, whatever they need. And we've, we, we've been connected for 30 years. So some of y'all don't know this, and that's why I'm saying y'all are getting cheated because you don't know that when you come in here and you, you're giving your tithes and your offerings, well, then I'm gathering them up over there, and I'm sending them down. I'm calling Sister Annie saying, what do we got a roof going to need to put on? What's going on? What do we got going on? And I'm sending money all the time. Your money is getting sown in Mexico, whether you even know it or not, okay? Or Guatemala, or Africa, or, you know, wherever we're, we're, we're working. And so y'all are a huge part of this. And so I, I thought, well, what a, what a, 
I'm, I'm, I'm cheating you. I'm, I'm, I'm depriving you of something that you should see. So I asked Rachel to come up and uh, to show us some. She's got a video here, some things going on. She's going to show us some pictures. She's going to talk. She's going to preach. She's a strong preacher. She's a, 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 a very strong preacher. She was a, when I first was there, I mean, we're talking 30 years. I don't want to say how old she is, okay? But she was young when I was there. I won't say how old, but she was young, just a young teenager when I, when I was there starting out. Young, young teenager, barely teen. You know, early, early teen years. And uh, so we've had this relationship, and they're family to me. When I go there... And I preach at Bethany. They're my family. I love them as my family. Everybody, all, all, all Carlos and, and they're all, the, all the guys that I've been with and traveled all over Mexico, they're my family. Just like y'all are my family. And so y'all need to see it be a part of this. And so she's going to come up here. And so come on, Rachel. Y'all give her a hand clap. And she's going to share with y'all and just let her just flow and do whatever you want. And uh, get in trouble, holler. Hi. <laughs> it's so good to see all of you guys. And, uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've been here. And uh, first I just want to say what a beautiful anointing is here. Amen. And we give a big hand clap for Miss Laura, for Darcy, for all of the team. Oh, my goodness. So good to be in the presence of the Lord. I usually have to be the cheerleader over there at Bethany, you know, and I say uh, I, I go home with cramps and, and stuff and, and places I didn't know I could get cramps because Sunday's the only time I do aerobics. <laughs> Come on, let's praise Jesus. <laughs> but it's such a beautiful, sweet anointing of the Holy Spirit that's here, and you guys are so blessed to have Pastor Robert. Oh, my goodness. I said, I'm so disappointed. I'm coming to Living Waters, and I'm not going to hear him preach. <laughs> Um, but you guys have the second best pastor in the world after our pastor. <laughs> no, no, I'm teasing. <laughs> but yes, uh, we started coming uh, to Living Waters when Pastor Randy Needham was still here. And Pastor Robert was the youth pastor. And we were all younger and didn't need reading glasses. <laughs> so things have changed a little bit, but uh, it's the same spirit of God, and he keeps us young and full of his power, and it's not about us anyway. It's all about him. And um, our ministry started with a short little nun, Catholic nun, amen, that the Lord uh, blessed and filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, she, you know, left the, the Catholic Church and started our ministry with a lot of young people. At that time, a lot of hippies. Hallelujah. Um, I took her to go see Jesus Revolution, and she's like, that's it. That's where we started. <laughs> and uh, so it's amazing to see what God can do. Um, she was just a little, you know, Hispanic girl, you know, on the streets. She took care of her six brothers and sisters, and along came these nuns and priests and took them to catechism. And uh, she was blessed to hear from the Lord from a nun that was just in love with Jesus and just tears streaming down her eyes telling her how much Jesus loves you and how much he has done for you. And that was it. That sealed the deal. Her heart belonged to the Lord from then on. And uh, so God has taken us to all kinds of places. Like Pastor Robert said, she never expected, you know, what God was going to do with her life. She thought she would be a nun her whole life. Um, you know, if before that, you know, that she would just get married and have babies and that would be it. But God had other plans for her. And uh, we're so thankful to be part of that vision that God planted in her heart all those years ago. And uh, Pastor Robert and Living Waters Church have been supporters of our ministry God has taken us from right across the border in Laredo, Texas, and in Nuevo Progreso, Texas, all the way down into Oaxaca and Guerrero. I feel really called to go to those missions because you've got to uh, fly into Acapulco to get there. <laughs> but the Lord has not taken me there yet, and I definitely don't have the beach body yet, so hallelujah. <laughs> But um, it's amazing. It's amazing. We started so small in Nuevo Progreso with just a little food distribution. Now there's, I can't even count, we cannot keep up with the number of churches that we have. I was thinking before I came, I really need to go and 
<laughs> look into it and see because we definitely have over 30 churches in Mexico in about 10 states. And uh, in a minute, you're going to see the video with um, some photos from the past and from the present. And even uh, Sister Annie, she's going to be on the video greeting you guys. And even she's like, we're in eight states. Well, and we have another one and, <laughs> and another one in this state, you know. And so we just can't keep up with all the Lord is doing. And uh, she also has that apostolic calling. And I was studying about the office gifts. And it says, you know, an apostle can have all the office gifts. And so I know that's what Pastor Robert, you know, his heart is. And I know that's her heart. They both have that pastor's heart, but also the heart of an evangelist, the heart of a missionary, you know, and that, that goes forth. And so it's beautiful to just be part of the work of the Lord. So the photos you're going to see, we have some of our missions are up in the mountains I am not called to go there <laughs> because you've got to hike into the mountains for about an hour and a half, two hours to get to some of these places. The newest mission we have in Oaxaca, um, our pastor from Mexico City, it's amazing to see because when Pastor Robert and I started going into the conferences in Michoacan, um, these young people were part of my youth class that I would give at the conferences, and now God has raised them up. They've gotten married, had their babies, and they are going forth and establishing churches and planting new churches. We're seeing that next generation walk into that vision and continue the work of spreading the gospel of Christ. But uh, we've had our pastors have to walk nine hours into the mountains to reach these people who have never been reached with the hope of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, that pastor, we got him a motorcycle, and that was, you know, exciting for him <laughs> uh, to go to the missions on a motorcycle. Pastor Robert and Living Waters Church has purchased vehicles. We have uh, that pastor I was talking about, the young pastor and his wife. Um, they were going to Veracruz and to Oaxaca, and their car would break down on the way on dangerous roads. And they would be praying, you know, through those moments. God would send help, but it was, you know, every time the vehicle would break down. And uh, Pastor Robert called uh, my mom and said, you know, what do we need? And she said, we really need a vehicle for this pastor that he can depend on. And uh, so he said, you got it. I've got, I've got it. The Lord told me to give you this money. And on that day, uh, that pastor, Pastor Edgar, he was praying and crying before the Lord, saying, we've got to have a vehicle. And as he prayed, my mom called and said, Pastor Robert just called me that he's got money for your car. And he just started to weep. He and his wife just started to weep in the goodness of God and the covenant heart that, you know, just is linked to the heart of God and the needs of God's people. So you're going to see a picture of him when you see a family standing in front of a car. That is the Living Waters car <laughs> that is in Mexico. Amen. And uh, we do these pastors conferences to train our pastors and leaders. They are rising up so quickly and they cannot afford to go to Bible school and things of that nature. So we print about 15,000 books a year to send out for training, for Bible study, for hermeneutics, for ministry, all of these things, and we train our pastors and leaders. And so you'll see where they're, you know, digging books out of boxes, and that's why. And uh, so I think that's the only thing I needed to explain. We can put on the video, and you guys can watch, and then I'll be back. Man, you saw the the children eating there. We also have children's uh, feeding uh, dining rooms for them, providing hot meals for children who otherwise have very little to eat at home. And so uh, we have those established uh, right here in Tamaulipas and uh, one of our missions in Ciudad Maiz. There's a, a lady there and her husband pastoring that um, just are real go-getters. And she is out at the butcher getting donations. She is out, you know, at the grocery stores getting donations of food to be able to feed the children. And then we do that also in the Indian village in Michoacan and Santiago Asajo. And there uh, we suffered persecution uh, years back. And um, we had, uh, where she was talking about the miracle that happened with the woman with the stroke. And um, we were able to build a church there and um, the town came against it. There's um, a lot of mix of like witchcraft in the Catholic church deep in those parts in Mexico. 
And so the, the Catholic Church rose up against us and got a mob, you know, against us. And my mom was there inside of the church, and they mobbed the church with our missionaries inside, my mom inside. They were throwing stones. They had sticks. They had machetes, you know, and threatening to kill, you know, and to lock up the missionaries and my mom inside and burn it. And by a miracle, they were able to escape. The men went out the front and were arrested. And uh, one of our young men that was there, he said, I felt just like Peter because they said, aren't you one of them? And he said, I am not making the mistake Peter made. He said, yes, I am. <laughs> and so they, they took him to and imprisoned our men, but thank God they let him out. They did burn down our church. But um, we established a new church right at the foot of the mountain and bust the people from there <laughs> down. And, and God had a vision because that's where we started having some of our biggest uh, conferences for our pastors was in the town just below uh, that village. And so it's just beautiful. God always has a plan. He always redeems everything. The enemy, you know, means it for evil, but God turns it around and uses it for good. And so it's just been an adventure. And we've seen so many miracles. God has moved in just, you know, so many ways and even the dead raised. And not just by our missionaries, but by members of our church. We had a lady in Progresso that her granddaughter was stillborn. And uh, they already set the baby aside. And she said, uh-uh. And she got that baby, and she just sang with her and sang with her and sang with her and sang with her, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, and she would not give up, and that little baby's toes started to wiggle, and she came back. <laughs> so our God is good. Our God is good. Amen. Amen. Well, I am not the great preacher that Pastor Robert said. He lied to you and church. <laughs> And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make him help me, actually. And so uh, we do it at Bethany. We do a lot of, like, team, you know, work and stuff like that. So if I get tongue-tied, I'm going to make him come up and take over. <laughs> but, um, you know, as I was praying and, and I have, you know, some preachings that I like, oh, this is really good stuff, you know. And, and they'll be really impressed if I share this, you know. And the Holy Spirit's like, no. <laughs> And, uh, you know, what we have power to share is the victories that we have won. And what we have authority to speak is, you know, what the Lord has taught us in our lives. And one of the biggest lessons that we've learned at Bethany, and I know here at Living Waters also, is to follow the Holy Spirit. And it's not just for ministry, it's for your everyday life. And, you know, it's not just when you're ministering to people, but it's in your prayer time you know, being led by the Holy Spirit. And so that's the title of my message today is Spirit-Led Prayer. And so uh, that's what we're going to share. I know Pastor Robert was sharing last week. He doesn't know I listen to him, but I do. And uh, he was talking about how God is our source and um, how important it is. Jesus, Jesus said, you know, without me, you can't do what? Nothing. There's nothing that you can do unless you're connected to the vine. And so, you know, if there's anything that I can share that I've learned the hard way, trying to do things on my own <laughs> and getting, you know, slapped in the face with, with just, you know, my inability, it's to depend on the Holy Spirit and let him lead us to Jesus and lead us to minister to others. So um, when I'm talking about praying in the Spirit, I don't mean praying in tongues. And that's very important, and I believe in that with all my heart. Um, but what I'm talking about is being led by the Holy Spirit in your time of prayer. Um, I'm a very practical person. You know, uh, my husband likes to buy me flowers on our anniversary or something, and I just hate that. <laughs> I love the sentiment, but I know those flowers are dead. And he spends a lot of money. He doesn't do anything small. You know, and so I know that I could have gone to Target. I could have gone to the thrift store, you know, and gotten a whole new wardrobe with what he spent on that, you know. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm practical in this as well, that I don't want to, you know, share with you this, you know, great message that's going to get you all excited and not help you in your walk with the Lord. I'd rather share something that you can apply and that you say, she was an okay preacher, but, <laughs> but you got something out of it that you can apply and, in your life and that will bless you. And then you'll have a fiery time in your prayer time instead of just here. Amen. Amen. So in Ephesians 6, you guys can open it there. 
um, you know, we know that that's the armor of God chapter, and it talks about all of the armor that we need to be clothed with. But at the very end, in verse 18, it says the final instruction, pray in the spirit at all times. In every prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. And uh, when you look up the Greek definition um, in Strong's, it has a lot of different definitions. And you've got to look for where it has that verse specifically to know exactly what it's talking about there. And what it's talking about there is it says being in the power of the spirit possessed or completely controlled by and moved by the spirit and so that's what it's talking about there it's talking about being in the power of the spirit pray in the power of the spirit pray completely controlled by the spirit pray moved by the holy spirit amen, amen. so the opposites for us to understand the opposite of being in the spirit is being in the flesh right and we know that the flesh profits for nothing but the spirit gives life, right? It's full of life. It gives us life. Amen? Now, flesh is a dirty word in the Christian world. And so, like, when, you know, we don't want to say he's being a jerk. We'll just say, oh, he's just in the flesh. And we sound more spiritual. Of course, you know, at Living Waters and at Bethany, we just say he was being a jerk. <laughs> We're just telling like it is, but, you know. Uh, so instead of using the word flesh so that we get an understanding because you say, I don't, I'm not in my flesh. I don't do that. You know, I walk in the spirit. But, um, we, you know, the spirit is supernatural power. The flesh is supernatural power. <laughs> Is when you're really natural. We have our natural man, and sometimes our natural man is not evil and it's not sinful. It's just our natural man. And we can get deceived a lot of times because we have a Christian natural man. We know the word of God in our natural man. We know how to pray in our natural man. In the natural, we can come to church. We can sing and everything, and we're completely in the natural. But this, when it talks about being supernatural, it talks about being in the spirit what is the definition that it said? It said to be in the power of the Spirit, completely controlled by the Holy Spirit, moved by the Holy Spirit. This is where we want to get to, not just the things that we know in our mind to be true and good, but we want to connect with the Holy Spirit, with his power, so that he can empower our prayer. He can empower our connection with the Lord. He can empower us to minister to our families and to others. Amen? Amen. So everybody say, don't say jerk. Say he's in his flesh. <laughs> Amen? And let's be supernatural, not supernatural. Amen? Amen. So we have to be careful and discern when we're just in our natural man. And that's okay. We, we can start in our natural man. We start in the soul. When we're praying, we got to start in our soul. David would say, come on, wake up, my soul. Come on, let's get it together. Let's get to God. And that's good. That's what we've got to do. But we've got to get to the spirit. right? We haven't finished praying until we made connection with that power. And a lot of times we just check off the box and say, well, I got up this morning and I had my coffee and my devotional. I did it. Good for me. Now, I'm not judging any of you. I'm saying this is what I've done, right? And we feel good about ourselves, and we go about our day saying, well, I prayed. And our natural man can get a little huffy and a little, you know, proud and say, I, I pray every morning. If we call someone on the telephone, can we brag that we talk to our mom every day if we just let it ring three times and then hang up? It doesn't count unless she answers, Right? Now, if it's your mother-in-law, you say, well, I tried. I tried. <laughs> but it doesn't count unless we connect. If we say, I talk to my mom every day. I call her and I talk to her every day. It's the same with the Lord. 
It's not enough that we have our little devotional and we check off the box. We got to wait till he picks up and we hear his voice on the other line and we get a download from the Holy Spirit and we feel empowered by the Spirit. Now, don't get discouraged because, you know, maybe it doesn't happen every day and that's okay. Sometimes you call your mom and she didn't answer and you try again tomorrow. Same thing in our prayer lives. Keep on calling until you get somebody on the other line. Don't give up. When it's been a while, sometimes it takes a while. And we sit down and say, okay, God, I'm here and I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek you. And I would tell, I was a youth pastor like Pastor Robert. I was a youth pastor for about 25 years. And I would tell the youth, y'all need to stop seeking God. And you need to find him already. (laughs) He promises that if you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. It's a promise. But we say, I sought the Lord today. I sought the Lord today. I sought the Lord today. But did you find him? Because that's the point. That's where we need to get. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's look at Matthew 17, 14 to 21. We say, well, sometimes, you know, I I don't get there. And what's going on? It's all right. The disciples, that happened to them a lot. We've seen this verse a lot of times, but I think... We missed something here, and so we're going to try to catch it today. Here goes the reading glasses. I didn't wear these when Pastor Robert first met me. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Do we have it up there or no? All right, I've got the Passion Translation, but we'll read it up here. Okay, so it says, When they had come to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Continue. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. They didn't want to ask in front of everybody. And they said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. One more. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Amen? Now, lots of times when we read this, we focus on the prayer and fasting. Okay, well, if things are not getting done, then that means that I need to fast. Besides praying, I need to fast. And we miss something really important, that when their prayer was ineffective, The disciples went to Jesus and said, what's going on? They went to Jesus before and they said, teach us how to pray. They knew how to pray. They were Jewish, you know, men who had been brought up going to synagogue and going to lessons at the synagogue. And they had to memorize the Bible because they didn't have a Bible that they could take home and read. And they were taught how to pray. And they sung their prayers. If you go to a Jewish service, a lot of times they sing their prayers. So they knew a lot of prayers. But they saw Jesus, and he prayed different. For one thing, he didn't go and pray in front of everyone. He went out alone and found a secret place. And there he was in his father's presence. And so they said, how do we pray? And they saw Jesus doing miracle after miracle and preaching with great authority and power. And they said, we want to pray like you pray. And they saw this young man, and they tried to pray for him. Now, the Bible says in, in Mark, it says that when the, the man started bringing the boy to Jesus and he saw Jesus, that demon began to manifest, and he started rolling around on the ground and foaming at the mouth. Okay, and Jesus said, how long has he been like this? And he said, since he was a child, he's been like this. And he prayed for him and cast that demon out, and it left immediately. And from that day, he was cured. So the disciples came and said, Jesus, why couldn't we do that? 
This is what we have to learn in our prayer lives. If we're not making it, if we're not getting there, Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit to be our helper, to be our guide, to lead us into the presence of the Lord, to lead us into the power of God that we are inherit, we are heirs to. We are heirs to that power of God. And we can have it now. And you don't have to be Pastor Robert to wield that power of God. You can lift up the power of God in your home, in your family, in your workplace. It's meant to be for every believer. The word of the Lord said the promise will be for everyone and for your children. We've seen revivals happen at Bethany with our children. I got to be part of it when I was in third and fourth grade. We had a Christian school. And the, the revival came upon the third and fourth grade so strong that the church and the missions would send petitions to our classroom and we prayed and things would change. And a woman was on death door and this little boy in my class, he said, I can see the spirit of death just standing over her. And we rebuked it in Jesus' name. You get out of there. And nobody told us we were third and fourth graders. We thought we had power over the devil and we did. And it worked. And another one of my little friends said, I can see her, and the sun is setting, and she is sitting at the edge of her bed, and she is healed. And Carlos went to our church in Progresso. That's where the lady was at. She was the caretaker of our church in Progresso at that time. He walked in, and she was sitting on the side of her bed, and she was well. The power of God, the promise is for all of us. Young and old, listen, you know, Pastor Robert said we're all getting old. But for God, we're all still babies because he's eternal. He's been around millions and billions of years and just never has no beginning, has no end. So we're all little babies to him. Amen? The power of God is for us all. Look at Samuel in the Bible. And God called him, and he was only maybe, you know, between five and eight years old. And God used him. God spoke to him. He heard God's audible voice. So much so that he went and told Eli, yes, I'm here. You called me. He said, no, I didn't. That was God. Go back and say, yes, Lord. And God spoke to him and said, go fire Eli. <laughs> and he was just a kid. God is not a respecter of our age. What did he tell Samuel when he went to anoint David? And David's father hadn't even brought him in from the field. He said, is it this one? No. But look at this one. He's muscular. He's strong. Look at this one. He's smart. No, it's not him. It's not him. He said, God doesn't look on the external. He looks at the heart. If we have a heart that is open, God will come and fill it with his power. If we will submit, the trick is in submitting not in striving how many of y'all like to go tubing on the river we're praying for that river to rise back up in jesus name so we can get some tubing going on but what do you do when you go tubing you sit in the tube and you let the current take you this is what paul says he says they were carried along by the holy spirit in romans 8 he says they got carried along by the holy spirit the prophets they would speak just carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is where we want to come to, that we submit to the Holy Spirit and let him just carry us along and take him where he wants to take us. It's not supposed to be hard. It is supposed to be supernatural. Amen? Amen. All right, turn around and tell somebody one thing, because I know I got off and I got to find my way back. Tell somebody one thing you heard. Amen. One thing you're hearing. And we'll look at Romans 8, 26. And 27. I'm not trying to stop y'all. Y'all can keep going. Well, we're, we're running out of time. We better go on. Then we'll go to Philippians 2. Amen. Jesus is our example. He came to give us an example of how a man full of the Holy Spirit can walk on this earth. In Philippians 2, what does it tell us? In verse 5, have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself 
by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Amen? Amen. So what did Jesus do? Before he came down to the earth, he emptied himself of what? What did he empty himself of? He emptied himself of his power. He basically said, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to stay here. I'm going down. I'm not taking you with me. And the Holy Spirit's like, what? We do everything together. What are you talking about? And the Father put his hand on the Holy Spirit and said, don't worry about it. I'm going to send you in a minute. First, he's got to go on his own. He had to come and take our likeness. Take the form of man, powerless. He left it there. And then by his obedience, he came to the River Jordan to be baptized. And John looked at him and said, what? Why are you getting in the water? I know you. You're the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You don't need my baptism of repentance. I need your baptism of fire, of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus looked at him and said, oh, John, you're always so extra. Now, come on, baptize me. We've got to do everything in the right order. I'm trying to be an example here. I'm trying to be an example of what a man can do who has no sin and is full of the Holy Spirit. And you say, okay, how can Jesus be our example? He had no sin. Well, that's why he died on the cross. It said that God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Our sins are taken care of. They're washed by the blood of the Lamb. And so what happens? He obeys and the heavens open and the Spirit of God descends upon him and there remains. Now, I learned from Pastor Robert's book. That the new creation, the difference between a new creation and the old creation, is the new creation has the power to house the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit can now abide in us, and Jesus was our first fruits. He was our example. He was the first new creation to walk the earth. And God told John, when you see the Holy Spirit descend on a man and remain on him, that's how you're going to know who the Messiah is. He's going to be the first new creation to walk this earth, to have and host the presence of God. But now through Jesus, we all have that power to host the presence of God within us, to carry his power and his presence with us. And Jesus said, you think everything I did was cool, but you guys are going to go on and do greater things because I'm going back to the Father. He gave us the example and then he imparted it. There's a connection between Passover and Pentecost. Jesus rose on the Feast of First Fruits. The first fruits was giving an offering of your field, uh, the first portion, a tenth of the first portion, the best that you had, giving it to God so that the whole field would be blessed. Jesus is our first fruits of the resurrection. Through him, through that one offering and that one first fruits, we all have resurrection. But not only that, we can walk in resurrection power because the word of God says the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is alive in you today. This morning I went and walked by the river to pray. And I saw a hummingbird hovering over the water. And I thought, maybe that's how the Holy Spirit was hovering in the beginning. Not like a gentle dove, but like an excited hummingbird saying, when can I start? When can I start? When can I start? And I think the Holy Spirit is in us going, when can I start? When can I start? When can I start? So when we pray, we submit. Jesus, the first thing he did, his example to us, is he emptied himself. We've got to empty ourselves. We come to God with our expectations. We come to God with what we want him to do. 
God, I've got this son, and you you got to really talk to him. you got to turn him around. you got to change him. God, my husband is driving me crazy, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do that. We had a young woman come, and, and she was having problems in her marriage, and she said, I, Sister Annie, I need to bring him in, and you need to pray for him to get deliverance. And she said, hold on. He might need Jesus first. We don't just come in and demand. And she got real mad because Sister Annie wouldn't do exactly what she wanted her to do. But this is how we come to God so many times. This is what I'm going through. And God, this is what you need to do. God's ways are so different from our ways. His thoughts are so different from our ways and our thoughts. And his way is always better. Turn around and tell somebody his way is always better. What do they say? Let go and let God. We've got to empty ourselves of our expectation when we come to prayer. Now, I know there's kids in the audience, but when you want to have a special time with your husband and wife, you got to get them in the mood, right? I know it's church, but it was designed by God. It's okay. And so we got to get ourselves in the mood to pray. It's intimacy with the Lord. And so I'll put on my Christian music while I'm doing the dishes. And I got to wait until, you know, I get in the mood. I got to wait till I get to that inspired place. Because if I just sit down and I try to start cold turkey, I'm going to get discouraged and give up. I got to get myself there. And you can get yourself there by praying in tongues. We need to get out of our heads and into the spirit. We need to get out of the natural and into the spirit. Because Jesus said, God is spirit. And if you want to worship him, you've got to worship in spirit and in truth. So we got to get into our spirit. We've got to get out of the natural man and into our spirit. And however you do that, you do it. What works for me may not work for you. It works for me to worship and pray in tongues. It works for me to pray God's word. Go into the Psalms. David knew the heart of God. And I, I look at the Psalms and I pray the Psalms. I got to get out of my head and get into the spirit. Amen? Amen. All right, let me see where I'm ending up. I mean, my, need my glasses. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, after Jesus emptied himself, then he came down to the earth and got full of the Holy Spirit. So we got to empty ourselves and then get full of the Holy Spirit. Get out of the natural man. Get into the spirit. Get into God's presence. I know if I need to talk to Pastor Robert, I've got to call and I've got to wait for him to answer. You guys that live here, you can go over to his house. You can come over to his office and show up. Say, I've got to talk to you. Right? We know that we've got to be, when we want to talk to somebody, we've got to be in their presence or we've got to be on the phone with them. We've got to connect with them. It's the same thing when we're praying in the Spirit. And let the Holy Spirit lead you. And say, and I'll, I'll start. I, I play the guitar a little bit. Never in front of the church. <laughs> Very seldom in front of the church, right? I just pray, play by myself. And so I find a song that I love, and I learned how to play it. And Jesus, I'm going to sing you this great song, and you're going to love it. And the Holy Spirit says, shut up. <laughs> no, he's not that mean. He, he'll say, don't sing, sweetie. <laughs> Bless your heart. You don't sing like Laura. <laughs> he'll tell me, no, go to the word. Or I'll turn on YouTube and listen to Pastor Robert preaching or one of my other favorite preachers to get inspired, to get me there. We've got to get in the spirit. We've got to get in God's presence and then lay our hearts down before him. Sister Annie likes to say we've got to pray disinterested. We've got to get, and I think in Spanish, I'm bilingual, and, and we do everything bilingual at my church. And so we've got to separate. I'm thinking despegar. Tenemos que despegar. <laughs> we've got we to separate. And I like it better in Spanish because pegar is like, you know, glue. We've got to break that bond. We've got to separate from our expectation and what we want to hear from God. 
and get to a place where we can hear God. Because so many times he is speaking and he is giving us answers. But what's in our head is louder and distracting and keeping us from hearing what he wants to say. So let's get out of the natural. Let's get into the spirit. Let's get connected. And don't give up. If you don't get there the first day, call again tomorrow. And call again the next day. But have that determination. He said you got to seek for it like a precious treasure. That your heart says, I will sell everything I own to get to Jesus. And then when you find him, like they say in the Song of Songs, never let him go. I have found my beloved, and I will never let him go. Amen? Amen. See, I told y'all she was a great preacher. Amen. Okay, so I, I want to do a couple of things right quickly here before we end the service today. One is, I want to give you an opportunity because you, you, you made a connection. You saw the pictures. Man, I was crying. That was awesome. Uh, uh, you, you saw what's going on. So I want to give you an opportunity to, to, if you want to sow an offering today. Now, like I said, your offerings that you sow, the things that you give here, uh, you know, I'm always taking it and sending it down and that kind of stuff. But if you want to do a special offering today to help the work at Bethany, I want to give you an opportunity. So ushers help me. If anybody needs an offering envelope, uh, they can get one. I want to take up an offering. And then before we close, and I'm all, we're also going to uh, have just a moment of prayer time here. And I need my prayer team people to be around so y'all don't run off. Make it out to the church. That way we'll give them one check. Laura, can I get you to come up and just play something, please? Yeah, that was a great, great video. Yeah, a lot of memories there. I don't know who that guy was in the black beard. I don't know who he was. He me a five-gallon bucket of Grecian formula. So let me pray. Father, I just thank you for the offerings this morning, for that we can, that you 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 brought us to be in such a connection with such a great work going on in Mexico. And Lord, I just praise you for it. I thank you for it, that this work is going to continue as long, Jesus, as we're here on earth. That souls are going to be saved. Ministry is going to go out. Lives will be changed. And we get to be a part of that, Lord. Not only we do, but our children and our children's children. And so, Lord, I praise you for that blessing. So bless them now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So ushers, go ahead and take up the offering. Matter of fact, everybody stand to your feet if you would. Y'all can get the bucket passed by. And, and my, the, those of you that are on the prayer team today, y'all come on down. And I feel a real spirit in the church today of God's just, I, I don't know what the exact word is, but it's like, it's like this, the Holy Spirit is yearning to have a relationship with you. And all he's wanting you to do is open up your heart. He's just wanting you to take the, 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 the simplicity of what Rachel shared and, and just make yourself available. How many of you, let me ask you this. I want to I want to put you on the spot, okay? But I want you to raise your hand if you would at least say, I will make myself available to talk with God. Just, okay, now, he saw you. That's why I did that. He saw you, okay? I'm telling you, we're in a time right now, church. Listen to me. We're in a time that the world is getting sidetracked. And we don't want to get sidetracked. We want to stay right on track with God. It's so important that you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and that you can walk with Him at this time. Because I just see, I see there's so much, everybody's, they're not, let's just put it this way, they're not listening to the Holy Ghost, okay? 
And so it's important for you to start training yourself now for those quiet times with the Lord. And like Rachel said, you have to figure out what works for you. But the first thing I can guarantee you is you have to make yourself available. You could be on your rocking chair on the porch in the evening. You may be a morning person. You may be a mid-morning snack person. Right? You just got to figure it out. So I'm going to pray for you right now that God will, will, will inspire you. Because I'm telling you, if you've ever been in the presence of the Lord and He spoke to you, then, then you're addicted. You've you got to have it again. Amen? So let me pray for you. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone here that's, that, that heard the message that's in the building, those that are watching, those that are listening, and I just pray over them, Lord, right now. That the hunger on the inside of them, because Holy Spirit, I feel you, you're yearning to just talk with us. You're yearning for us to have that time together with you where we're not asking and demanding, but we're listening. That you want that time. And I pray for each and every person right now, Lord, that they will have the tenacity to have that time. Those that have been doing it for years, maybe they become apathetic. Maybe they're just going through the motions, Lord, that there'll be a freshness in their prayer time with you. That, Lord, right now, you said, and I I stand on the promise of your word, that if we seek you, we're going to find you. So, Lord, we're not in seek motion. We're in find motion. We have found you, and we're going to be listening now to the voice of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, bless them. Lord, put your hand upon them. That in these days ahead, they're going to seek you and they're going to find you more than ever, ever before in their lives. That today is a new day, a breakthrough. A breakthrough in people's lives right now. And we give you praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Now, if you really meant that, then say amen. Okay. Now, we got our prayer team people up here this morning. I want you to know prayer works. Hello? Prayer works. And so if you need prayer, they're here. If you're out there watching, listen, if you've never met Jesus, he's the greatest thing in this world. And wherever you are, if you call out upon his name, the Bible said he'll answer you. So wherever you are, if you just call out on Jesus' name, say, Jesus, I want to know you, you'll meet with him. But if you're in here today and you're not sure your relationship with Jesus, you're not sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven. Well, that's why we have prayer team people up here. You don't need to leave this building today if you're not sure of your salvation. Can I have an amen? And so that's why we're here. We want to pray with you. If you got any other things you want to pray about, we're here to pray with you. So take the hand of that person beside you right now. And let's be in agreement for one another. Lord, we just pray as we leave this building today. We're setting our agreement that That person on our left and right, they're going to hear the voice of Jesus. They're going to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. I just declare, Lord, this is going to be their greatest week of their life. They're going to spend time with you. They're going to sit down with you. They're going to hear your voice. And, Lord, you're going to lead them and guide them into places that are are full of glory and full of peace, full of grace and full of mercy. And so, Lord, we give you praise for them. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Now look at that person beside you and say, get ready. Hey, God bless you. We're ready up here to pray for you.